Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grove, and welcome once again to another episode of the River on Reds podcast. I am your host, Grove, joined as ever by my co-host, Jace. How you doing, Jace? You all good? Yeah, good. Relaxing Sunday. No football. A bit bored, so twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do. Just, I've just seen myself on the camera. I shaved my beard and my moustache off, and Jesus Christ, I look like Kyrie very youthful. Looking very youthful. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, I, I did watch a bit of football. <laughs> no, nothing too exciting on the football front. But uh, you're joining us here on a Sunday. Obviously, there hasn't been any Arsenal. But what we are going to be doing, this is going to be called the Window Watch. And we are looking through some of Arsenal's uh, potential uh, incomings over the month of January, which may likely be none. But we're going to have a look today at the Strikers. So if you haven't joined us before on this channel, please, uh, we do welcome you to the channel. Please do like and subscribe if you get the opportunity to do so. We recognise that about 80% of you you watch these videos are not our subscribers and we would really really appreciate the help and support on our channel right we are going to start of course by doing the music because i haven't done that yet so i'm going to stick that on and then we'll get straight into it Saka. Right, now the music's out of the way, I'm going to do the actual thing that I was supposed to do, which is start the episode as we always start the episode, which is the Rip Run Review. Uh, it's where we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening at the moment, where your head's at in the football and world. And Jace, you're going to go first. So give me your review for this week. Timber's Timber's back. Timber's back. Did you see it? Did you see the video of him on the grass? Yeah, tears oh, in my eyes. It was lovely. Did it, didn't it make your heart throb a little bit? It was. It, was... Uh, it, made, it did get me excited. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, I I was watching it. I was like, screw him, screw it. Just get him back in training now. Get him on the bench. I want him playing it left back in two weeks' time. Uh, God, I've missed this guy. I think I just, I still believe that it's going to be epic. I, I know. I can't wait to hear all the haters laugh me off. Um, but I think that, you know, he he looks so good in preseason. Him with Gabriel and Saliba just makes makes you lick your lips. So that was my, that was like my my happy moment of the of the week. And um, hopefully he's not as far away as uh, they're saying he's going to be. I'm hoping it will be sooner. Based on that, he looked solid in that video. <laughs> I know you can't take much from it, but it looked good. I mean, I can't. It's got to be a month, surely. You got. You don't want to kind of move him in too quickly and risk reoccurrence of the injury. It's also a big injury, so he's going to have a lot to come back from. But it doesn't stop. Like obviously, we do have a problem at left back anyway. Or, and right back in, in some cases. So you're right, trying to get him back as quickly as possible is, is certainly something we're going to need to do. Yeah, I mean, the way he was moving after such a big injury, I mean, it's good signs, right? So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Nice. Come on then, what's your review? Uh, one word, uh, which is fear. Uh, fear after watching Man City yesterday and seeing Kevin De Bruyne come back from also a relatively big injury and uh, had a 25 minute cameo in which he completely controlled the game and scored an unbelievable goal um, and another assist to boot in 25 minutes. Just worried, you know what? Like Man City, uh, a second place at the moment. They didn't have, they haven't had Haaland for a while. They haven't had Kevin De Bruyne all season. I'm just fearful. Man City are just that uh, they always turn it on in the second half of this season. And I just really just don't want to watch them run away with the league this year. And I just got this uh, horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that uh, they're going to. Um, yeah, so fear is my word. I don't really know what to say to that one. Like, I'm the pragmatic one here. Like, because I've said from the beginning, like City are just going to, in January, start turning up start turning it on and then they're going to just storm the league. Like I just, it's just how we know how they work. So it's not like there's any surprises. Um, the question is whether we can as well, right? Because we could argue that maybe we've, we've not 
and we keep saying maybe it, that we're doing the similar thing this season, but we've got injuries mounting up. We've got other challenges. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting just City to do what they always do now. Um, it's down to us to see if we can um, compete and challenge with the same level on a consistent standard to the end of a season. But you know where my eggs are? They are in the Champions League basket. Because that's a knockout and it's up for grabs. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything on that on that front. I really don't want to dampen your spirits, Chase. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I, I will say though, that, um, you know, we talked on maybe a previous pod of Arsenal coming out of second or third gear. And maybe I think I asked the question of you, what if that was fifth gear? What if that was sixth gear? And I'm hoping I'm wrong, but you're you're right in telling us that like there's still a lot of this season to go. We've still got a lot of players to come back. And I really do hope after this winter break that we come back with a bit more vigour, enthusiasm, passion um, and something maybe a bit different. Because I think that's what we're going to need. Um, you know, which might lead us on to there's something different. Could be a striker in January. Firstly, before uh, we go into the players that we've picked to kind of have a little look at and a bit of a scout review of, I'll ask a question to you quickly, Jace. Do you think that we're yeah. going to do any business in January? Uh, well, one person we haven't actually put on our list that is coming around today uh, on Twitter, Benzema. He's possible loan that. signing. I saw that, yeah. Like loan signing for Benzema, would you take it? We've been linked to Benzema for, for over a decade, I swear. There's always been some tenuous links being made, and I know that he's had some problems. In He's in the Saudi league at the moment, right? And I don't think he's Isn't... turned up to training a couple of times or something along those lines. Not since 2023. I mean, I... Yeah, there you go. So I, I would, I would take him obviously because he is a. Uh, once that bandage on that hand is out and he's on the pitch, he's probably scoring. Yeah, I take him in a heartbeat. I take him in a heartbeat. Do, okay, so but, but would we would we do any business? Do you think we're going to do anything? Well, that's a possibility of a loan signing, um, and I think that's more likely if we're going to keep our our chalk chalk. Uh, is that the right word? <laughs> fresh powder. for powder. Powder. That's the one. The powder fresh or dry for um, making sure we're financially compliant with the rules and spending big in 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 the summer window, which I think is more more the likely outcome. The big boy summer. It's always right. a big boy summer now. It was a big boy summer. I mean, having a look at so we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen. So for those listening on on uh, your podcast provider of choice, uh, where have you been? Get on YouTube and watch these videos because they are infinitely much better. You can witness Jay do the uh, Macarena uh, amongst other things. I think in the past that we've seen, uh, there you go. He's doing it just for you. Um, right here's my screen sharing it. The first player we are going to look at is Brentford's Ivan Tony. And when I said big boy summer, you can see it right here. He is a tall, big lad at six foot one. He's 27 and he's probably going to cost us somewhere in the region of 80 to 100 million, I suspect. Maybe cheaper in the summer next year, I would envisage. But the likelihood is if we were to go for it now, it's probably going to be in that region. On the screen, what you'll see here is a bit of a scouting report taken from FB Ref, an absolutely fantastic website that compares players. It's absolutely unreal for, for data. Basically, anybody on the red is in the lower percentiles of how they compare to other players. And in the green, they're going to be better. Now, obviously, in the count of uh, Ivan Tony, this counts for the last 365 days, um, which is obviously in a slightly skewed because he hasn't played football yeah. for... How long has he not played football for? Eight months, is it? Yeah, it's about eight, nine months now. Yeah, so this is slightly having four uh, months of data, which is strange to see so many green bars still in there. But still, I, I did put some stats in the top right-hand corner for his Premier League statistics just for us to kind of have a look at because he does have some quite really incredible statistics in the Premier League. And I've also put a comparison chart for other players in a similar statistical vein to the player. But with all that on the screen, I'm sure, Jace, you have some views and some conversation points that you'd like to talk through. So, go for it. so I did a prep work with the strikers that we're going to be looking at. I spent about two hours watching YouTube last night <laughs> and going through all of these players just to either remind myself or familiarise myself with the ones that um, maybe we don't see that week in, week out. With Ivan Tony, look, I look at him and I think... Really, he's a bit of an all-round package in regards to that strength and that speed, that ability to muscle off defenders. He also has that brilliant link-up play. I've, I've seen him get plenty of assists on the Brentford um, 
highlight video that I saw. He's always in and around the box, which does remind me a bit of Eddie. So he is a poacher and he will be in there for those balls across the box. The only observation really is kind of watching the goals that he scored last season was there weren't that many headers. And I think as Arsenal fans, we'd be, you know, expecting him and given his height and his stature to be getting headers. Um so that's going to be interesting. We, you know, are we, have we set ourselves a false expectation because of, you know, how tall he is and, and, and his figure that he's going to maybe add something to our arsenal, uh, no pun intended, um, and actually we, be, we are fooling ourselves. Um, I think also there's the question of what condition does he come back in? What does this second half of the season look like for him? And that's going to really be a big proven test to see whether we want to spend big in, in the summer on a player like Tony. And I think he's got he's got now five months to prove himself, hasn't he, really? Yeah, I think he'll put himself a little bit in the shop window. I think he's going to play his first game if he comes straight back into the team uh, next weekend. Um, and he has any of the videos that I've seen of him in uh, keeping fit over that break period that he's had. Has, he's looked no indifferent to what he looked like before. Strong, physical. He looks really, really. He's just a big, tall, imposing lad. Um, and that's a lot. You know, as we look through a lot of these profiles in strikers and in midfield, that's kind of the archetypal player that Arteta is looking for. Someone physically dominant, someone big, tall, and strong. So I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll lose a step. You know, this is not like an injury. Just maybe some of the physicality of the game might be somewhat lacking. I suspect. You know that you can't replicate that on a training ground. So you just think he'll dust off his boots, boots, and kick off where he left off. I, I could see him scoring straight away. If I'm honest, I know he's played. I think he played for the under 23s, and I think he scored a hat trick for Brentford's under 23s. And and I, I just don't see him missing a step. Like it's not like it's like riding a bike. I think he'll just take to it. Um, I don't think he'll miss out. I think I agree with everything that you said. Um, I don't think that the only thing that I would say when we're looking at this player is that his contract's going to be up in 2025. Um, so the Brentford are going to probably not sell now. I think we both kind of agree that it's likely that if they are going to sell and we are going to go for this player particularly uh the summer is going to be when mm-hmm. we when we do it yeah i think so i mean they're not they, they 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 could get themselves involved in a bit of a relegation battle they need goals don't they so they ain't giving them away yeah, yeah. i mean uh, looking at this player and some we'll talk about some of the players later on but tony he's premier league proven as you can see in those stats in the top right he is scoring pretty much every other game uh, for Brentford. And I do think in our system, he, he's going to eat up goals. I'm interested, actually, I, I, when I looked at a few videos, and like, as you did too, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, right, Jace? A lot of the goals that I've seen some of these players score are on the break. They're in counter football. They're in transition. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of space in between the lines when these, when these goal scorers are scoring goals. And if you've watched Arsenal this season... None of that exists, or at least we haven't seen a lot of it. Yep. Uh, I I definitely have seen what you've seen in the videos as well. That did that did cross my mind. I think there's a couple of players I'll talk about who I think um, will fare better in those situations than others. Uh, and I think Tony probably would be one of those players that fares better than others because he's muscular, he's good in some tight spaces, and he's primarily proven. So I don't think it would be as hard an adjustment for someone like him as it maybe would be for, a, say, a striker coming from Spain. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. You know what you're going to get with Ivan Tony. I do think, um, ignoring a lot of the stats on the screen at the moment, just because they they are across the last kind of calendar year, and uh, well, not calendar year because that'd be 11 days, uh, an actual physical 365 day year. So there's not a lot of data to pull from. One of the biggest things that did call out to me was a comparison to Olivier Giroud. You said he's not very good in the air from your from your kind of eye test, Jace. Well, I'd love to know how many of his goals are actually headed, but like watching the goals, it, like, there was a, basically a video of all his goals and assists last season for Brentford. There was only like I think I can recall like one, maybe two max head. Like there was wasn't that many headers, um, and and maybe maybe there were more that he creates that just didn't come off and I didn't see in the highlight reel. But that was the that was the. For, you know, we don't watch Brentford week in, week out. Obviously, we see a lot of Premier highlights, so we see more Tony than we do of other players we're going to discuss. But yeah, that was the one thing that was missing for me. Okay. 
I mean, I would say... Actually, his... Go on. So I was just going to say the comparison of Olivier Giroud is maybe, I think, more his link-up play. I mean, I was going to call that exact exact thing. Uh, from what I'd seen, he's he's really good at link-up play, really good at combinations, really good at pinning centre-backs down and kind of holding up the ball. Um, similar to Jesus, but just feels much more imposing and much more physically dominant than Jesus. And so some of those attributes that um, Arteta likes, uh, those duels, those duels in midfield that he likes players holding it like, Tony wouldn't shy away from those and would be very, very um, good at them. Um, the one thing I was looking at, other than the stats that I've shared on the screen, so last year, obviously, Ivan Tony did have a full season and he beat out the likes of Salah, Rashford, Wilson um, for goals last season. Uh, I, I looked at Rashford particularly because I know he scored today and he scored a really good goal today, um, but he hasn't been that great this season. And last season, he was incredible. But having Tony beat out him as well as Mohamed Salah for the golden boot race, only faltering, I think, to Erlen Haaland is quite, is quite a, a feat in itself, I would say. So he's certainly got his scoring boots on. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. And you know, I'm not going to be unhappy if he signs for Arsenal. Put it that way. Okay, so uh, Ivan Tony one for the list. I think we'll we'll start to compare players and see where we might think we might end up as we go through this. Our next player that we're going to look at is Dusan Vlahovic, who plays currently uh, for Juventus. He's 23. Six foot three and would command a fee I've put down between 50 and 70 million pounds. Mm. I might be a bit higher than that. I reckon I might be a bit shy on that mm. estimation potentially. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Juventus aren't exactly in the best financial situation, are they? So, uh, uh, agree. Kind of got them, got them by the barrel. True. So, sure. uh, Jace, you've had a little, do you want me to go first, you? Ooh, I yeah, I think we should alternate it. Let's, uh, All right, let's alternate. And yeah, I mean, he's an impeccable finisher. His statistics on the screen are showing that. He's got a really good uh, shot total, really good play inside of the box. He thrives in like open play, does a really, really good job, and has really, really good pace, which I think, you know, having some of the playmakers in front of him that we've got in Mayan Erdgaard, Bakai Saka, etc., I think he would benefit from having some of those. Um Compared to Ivan Tony, one of the things I looked at here particularly was his age. Um, Ivan Tony's really got that last, this is his last big move. If he makes a move, this is the last big move and you're probably going to get, you know, one good contract out of him. With mm. with Dusan Vlahovic, if, if he makes that move and is very, very good, the likelihood is you'll get in his best years. In a similar vein to Declan Rice, you're going to hit them when they get to their peak and you're going to have them for the best years of their career. And that's something that, you know, we we kind of need um, in a similar vein also to Arsenal at the moment in some of the ways that we've been playing about luck. Um, he had a pretty poor season last year. Um, and I read into it either statistically and the eye test from the videos and looking at it, was he was he a good player in a poor side or was he a poor player in a good side? And I, I would kind of lean on the former. And I do think mm. that going into our system, he shows promise. And I think he has the attributes that Arteta looks at. But he, he is, for me, like an out-and-out out nine. He won't necessarily do some of the other things. And that's why I think Ivan Tony maybe could or might be better at um, in comparison. Interesting. So that's interesting you, you say that and he won't do those other things. Because like for me, he gets us goals and he gets us all kinds of goals from what I saw. I think there is a confidence that he would fit in. He would do those other things because we already assessed him and we already went big on him before, right? There was a confidence there. But for me, um, like the thing that kind of stands out is that he never took us as a team seriously. You know, if you can't get excited from speaking to Mikel or even having you and your team open-minded enough to have a conversation with us, it's probably not the type of player I want at the club. Like now you actually are hearing always a lot of rumours of him like wanting the move because Juventus just are not what they used to be. But for me personally, like you had your chance, you blew it, like the ship has sailed. Like he, he uh, for me, hit, I think it was his agent, right, that was baiting, was just baiting to get the Juve move. And I'm just like, nah, nah, I'm not into that. Like you disrespect really, the club. Yeah, I mean, no really bigger than the club, move on. You say Arteta holds grudges. We talked about that on maybe in previous pods. So there might be an element of that here too. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like he's an outstanding player. Don't be wrong. I watched, you know, I watched the video and familiarized myself with what he's done at Juventus because I, you know, saw what he did at Fiorentina, um, but hadn't stayed too close to watching what he's been doing at Juve, especially as Juve um, haven't been as prominent in Europe as well recently. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're still doing it. You know, you're a solid striker, and clearly we think you're good enough because we wouldn't have gone in for you the first time around. We wouldn't have gone big on you, but. And the player's bigger in the club, and I just got the feeling if you're going to have an agent that's intervening with the club and maybe a player, I don't know if he has an ego about him or not, or but even if I just don't think what's happening would be in the best interest of Arsenal, and so um, I'm not interested. Move on. Right. Would you would you be interested? <laughs> I just looked at some of the forward comparison players, and I mean, look at some of the talent in that list: Lewandowski, Erlin Haaland, Lukaku, like. His profile, his goals, his output are very, very similar to players that are world class. And, and you know, it's a hard, yeah. it's a hard thing to say when the striker market is a hard market to look into that you could buy a player at this kind of price range and get that kind of output. This is this is Kai Havertz price by comparison. Well, if he wants it that bad, he can change agents, can't he? <laughs> Uh, I get what be, you're saying. Being be, be a bonnet about this agent thing, Jase. <laughs> no, it, yeah, but it really, it was. I was listening to a number of pods at the time in the news and guys, you know, Ornstein and and Gunnar Blog and things that I heard through the Athletic. I remember back then, and it was just, you know, it just didn't sit well with me. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd take him right now. I would, but I don't feel comfortable about it uh, at all. Um, yeah. Interesting. Also, just looking at that comparison list, number five. Uh, Florian Balogun. <laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, uh, did Tony did Tony have that uh comparison before? I'm just trying to look, I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, interesting that we already shipped off, but I think that was there was elements there of we knew what we were getting, there was an element of a good price that we assigned, uh, you know, maybe not as good as we thought we could get, but we certainly got an okay price for him. I would say that some of these players as well come with an element of like, I don't want to hark back to the Simpsons, but mystery box. Uh, There's a classic episode where Homer gets offered uh, uh, a mystery box or uh, I think it was money or something else. And he takes the, uh, like a boat, I think it was. He took the mystery box. This A lot of these players feel like mystery boxes. Like you say, we don't watch Brentford week in, week out. We certainly don't watch Juventus week in, week out. Um, but there's an element of, ah, uh, but imagine like that kind of like player in our system and the, some of those goals in a YouTube comp that you see. It is just like yeah. that, right? It is. Yeah, that's the thing. You can get you can watch a YouTube comp and, and see only the best bits that get you excited, but it doesn't it doesn't always show the whole truth, right? So yeah, 100%. um mystery box. Interestingly, like I'm looking at some of the strikers in that list as well, like Lukaku. I'm like, he's passed his time a little bit. Immobile, like Jesus, he was playing at Dortmund a few years, like quite a long time ago, like so. Mm. Some of these players have been around a while. Yeah, and you don't want to look at who's number one on that list either, Jace. Although he did score an absolute banger today. Absolute unreal goal he scored today. What was the final like, score? I didn't keep an eye uh, on that, it was actually. It was two all. Two all. Oh, so sorry. a good result okay. for us, pretty much. We'll take that. Yeah. yeah, we'll take that. Happy with that. Right, let's move on then. Uh, we're going to go on to our, our third player. And probably the one I know the least about, and maybe you might be the same, uh, it is Abusha Mayoral from Getafe. Uh, he's 26, six foot, and would command a very, very small fee of 20 to 30 million. How much? How many YouTube comments did you get of this guy, Jace? <laughs> uh, quite, it's quite a few, actually. Um, I guess like, my notes, so what I've, what I've said here, I've, I've just called him the financial fair play option. Um that's ultimately what I've called him. I think he looks like uh, a quite well-rounded player from the clips that I, I saw. Uh, you could see how he would get goals in the box latching on to cutbacks, which is something that we we like to do, especially with Martinelli. Like you can see he he, he got he gets a lot of those in La Liga. And and you do in La Liga, right? Because there's a lot more space in the wide areas for players and wingers to run in and do those cutbacks. It's exactly how we play. Um but if that's all he's got his game, that's a bit of a concern because Arsenal, as we've seen recently, can't score that way at the moment with the, the doubling up on our wingers. 
Um, my question, though, really, is this guy really for this prize a first choice striker? Striker, like I don't think he's actually solving our problem. Like he just becomes another striker in the rotation. And I'm always concerned when we take strikers from La Liga. I think for me, like Perez, still sits in my mind when we brought him in under Wenger. You know, um, they don't always perform strongly, and they take a long time to settle. And I think we're a much more physical league. So if we are going to bring a player from abroad, I feel a player from Italy, where there are hard defenders, or Germany, for example, I think are going to are going to stand more of a chance. So I I think he's a financial fair play option. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised to, for it to be his agent because he's having a hot season in La Liga, um, kind of making making noise. Uh, because yeah, he. I mean, I don't see. I I don't. If it was a loan, which it isn't going to be, right? Because it, it, clearly, Katafe are playing uh, really well this season, and they're going to keep him. They're not going to sell him in the middle of the season um, or loan him in the middle of the season. So I I, I just not for me. Uh, if I'm honest, I don't think this is this is a realistic option. Yeah, I mean, I simply right. agree with you. Um, the one thing I read when I was reading through a lot of this was he's only one goal behind Jude Bellingham, who is currently, I think, the the top scorer in La Liga, which is quite you know, there's been so many plaudits and uh, everything landed at the feet of Jude Bellingham, but obviously his age and his profile and the position he plays in, etc., is a different kettle of fish to yeah. Um, yeah, like you, I don't, I don't, I'd see a lot of these links, you know, when a transfer comes about, there's a few different reasons why a transfer could come about. Some generated by the club, some generated by a player, agents, and this certainly sniffs of, of, of agent uh, doings in trying to drum up some interest, trying to drive up the price and trying to get some eyes on it. Like I say, his age profile is not where I would expect us to be purchasing from and likely would get one more move. I don't think, um, don't think he really suits us. Like you say, he, he thrives from what I could tell on open space and open play, something you're not going to get a lot of breathing time in Arsenal's system and a lot of teams that play against us in open, I'm sorry, in low blocks. Um, I would say he's very technically sound. From what I could tell, he kind of demonstrates an ability and versatility in his play to do different things in different ways and can fit different kind of systems. A lot of the reading that I had done kind of shows that he has a deep understanding of the game and can fit into different coaches' minds and different ways of playing. That is something that, you know, we, we've seen players come in and we've we've talked a lot about having to wait to see if they can fit into a system. Um, I don't think this player necessarily would have to wait as long, but I just can't see them being uh, better than what we have, I think is the, the point I'd make. Yep. I completely agree. You know, we need someone to come in and hit the ground running quickly and hard. And I don't have confidence in, in this particular option. Yeah, I mean, the stats also speak for themselves a little bit. I'd say he's probably having a very good start to this season with Getafe. Hasn't before. There's, there could be an element of luck, of fortune, of the players around him, of the competitors not necessarily performing at the level they expect to play at. Lots of different factors that could be you know, hamming up those numbers a little bit, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, move on then to probably what, well, I don't know. I, I think is my current front runner. I'd be interested where Jason's head's at. It's uh, Victor oh. Othman, uh, who is the current forward for Napoli. 25, six foot one. I think he just had a release clause put in. I could be wrong. I think it was just over 100 million. I, I I'm not actually sure, but I, I've also not seen the stats. Like you've done the research on putting these stats together, right? So he is not my front runner, and I'm interested because I've not seen the stats on who my front runner is. So this is going to be interesting. I'm going to be looking at these stats and comparing when 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 my front runner comes up. Um, look, I have no doubt based on like doing a firm watch of this guy that if chances come to him. He's taken him. He is uh, just so... The word I'm looking for here is he just punishes teams. He is. He gives He gives nothing. Like, they make a mistake. He is, he is taking them to the cleaners. My question is, though, I look at some of the goals he was scoring and, again, are we willing to adopt our style of play to have someone like him in the side? doesn't it's not not quite clear to me exactly what his 
style of players and how that fits in with our, you know, Odegaard twist and turning, Saka at the byline kind of twist and turning kind of play. Like he 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 seems to be someone that uh, can be likes to be running through on on, on goal quite a lot. Uh, I also think the fee that the fee it's going to be an astronomical fee right to get him out. And given our financial like fair play constraints, do you even see that happening? Um, I mean, I do. I, we we can spend bigger next summer once the the kind of financial year is closed, the amortization has happened, and we're back. You know, we, we're going to have some money, and we're going to have some outgoings as well. Don't forget, there's going to be a lot. We still have a lot of dead wood that we need to remove. So maybe dumping it all on one player like a Declan Rice a la last season might be maybe few and far between. I'm not saying it's out of the question. It's difficult, but it's not out of the question for me. Any striker we get from this list or otherwise, it's still going to command a fee of somewhere between 50 and 100 million. Easy. Oh, absolutely. But if you get a player for 60 million, you can probably afford a 40 million yeah, or something, or, an, or yeah. a right back or something. You yeah. know? So, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, he's got the ability to score kinds of goals, right? He's, I, I saw he was scoring headers, tap-ins, as I said, direct runs with strong finishes. So you, the hype around him is really clear. Um, I just don't know. Like, here's the, you know, here's the other thing I, I made a note on. Unless it's Mbappe or Haaland, I don't feel comfortable spending that much money on a non-proven Premier League player, a la Nicola Pepe. <laughs> like, you know, how many how many mistakes have Man United made? I don't know about Hoyland. I think he's probably gonna if he's given the shot, he'll be he'll be okay. But like there's you know, you know what I mean? The big money moves from Europe that just don't come through. Yeah. And it's like I say, maybe it's a big gamble at that, you know, from, from those different leagues. You've already said it about Spain. And I do feel that Italy is maybe a bit more of a physically imposing kind of league by comparison to, to La Liga. But I, I get your I get your sentiment for sure. For me, so one thing one thing I was reading about recently, um, so Alan Shearer did an article for The Athletic and, and he kind of said, um, this was just post the the Arsenal-Liverpool FA Cup game. Um, and he probably had a look at uh, Ian Wright's Twitter because he would have seen, I think he said, we need a killer. And this is exactly what Alan Shearer wrote. He said, they need a killer, all right. A cold-blooded finisher whose first and only instinct is to pull the trigger. Now, the case for Omerson is pretty, pretty simple in that case, right? He, he seems to have all of the attributes of anybody, any striker that's currently available to, to do the business. If you look at all those stats on the left-hand side, he's in the 94th percentile for non-penalty XG uh, for goals. He's he's currently in the 89th percentile for, for non-XG penalties. Um, shots on target, loads, he's in the 97th percentile for all of the shots in total. Statistically speaking, everything, if you were looking at this green bar and saying that green is good, points in the direction that he's an incredible finisher and an incredible player. Um Super, super big presence, really, really fast. Um, likes to say to run into space, which is something we have certainly been lacking as of late, runners and running into space. Um, and and he hit he hit double figures for goals in five seasons with the, his current club, Napoli, and other clubs before them um, as well. You know, I think that we, we've been guilty of being a bit ponderous on the ball recently. If you see the Havertz, chance that he had against Liverpool we just keep do this thing where we kind of sit on the ball and fluff our lines and don't take our opportunities and don't strike first time he he does not share in in that he is a true out and out number nine who will take opportunities as they come and will hit the ball when it's at his feet and so for me I test statistically speaking he is currently my front runner but like you say a very you know I think People may pragmatically look at this and go 60 million on Ivan Tony, who's already playing in the Premier League and already scoring every other game versus a somewhat unknown quantity in the Premier League for almost double the price, albeit statistically better, is um, a difficult choice to make. Yeah, it is. Well, he's only going to Chelsea if he doesn't go to us anyway, so... Um... Well, that's another, that's another play there, right? It's like, if you don't get him, somebody else will. 
And you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. So, but you know, perhaps hindsight's an amazing thing. Uh, you have to take risks to win, don't you? But yes, indeed. I mean, we... right. So I'm, I'm assuming that your your front runner is our next player, which is yep. uh, Joshua Joshua Zerxi. No, no, it's not. It's not okay. It, right, it's not. Um, but let's talk about let's, let's talk about Zerxi. Do you want to go first? What have you seen? Uh, what have I seen? Uh, I think he has a really high ceiling. So this is, I think, the youngest of our options at the moment, and he's obviously playing uh, in Serie A against some other quite physically dominant uh, kind of teams. And although he's not scoring heaps. He seems to be really involved in working for the team. Um, he was a real standout performer in the Eredivisie when he was younger. Um, he seems to be quite a, an XG kind of monster. So he, he seems to get a lot of opportunities and have a lot of opportunities, but he's maybe not as scoring as many of those opportunities. Um, we've talked about Tall Boy Summers. Once again, a, a very physically tall uh, player, good in the air. I've heard and read that his touch is Burkamp-like is what people have written down. I don't know if that's just a comparison because he's Dutch um, and that's where the comparisons stop or whether it's more more to it than that. But he's, he's got a great touch. He's really elegant, really good on the eye. Um, and like I say, I, I kind of feel at this age and being that good at this age is also, it can, you know, it can go one of two ways. It can be, be mm. amazing and you can become the best in the world and you can do all of that. I think when I was looking at the data, the number one player that it was compared to was Alexis Sanchez. And I know that's not the Alex Sanchez, uh, Alexis that. Sanchez at Arsenal. It's obviously the the um, the one that's playing Inter Milan currently. But, you know, I, I do believe that probably Alexis Sanchez is probably one of the best players of the Emirates era so far. Um, and having that comparison and that type of player in our system, uh, if we could have prime Sanchez, Alexis right now in our system, man, we would be scoring goals for an absolute fun. And if if Xerxes anything like that, I'm there. Mate, before you brought Xerxes up, there was one player in my mind. I was like, screw it. Bring him back. Just see what happens. And that was Alexis Sanchez. Because he asked <laughs> to come back in the summer, right? He yeah. asked to come back I mean, in I the summer. I can't forgive him for the I'll piano, Jace. Can't forgive him for the piano. He, no, you can forgive him. Why? Because sometimes people are going to make mistakes. Until, until they've made that mistake, they can't realise how... How how badly that or how wrong they went, and he knew he went wrong. I think he asked after like day two to come back to Arsenal, and he was told he wasn't allowed by his agent. So you know, uh, Alexis, I would take back, um, especially for six months, given how we are at the moment. But we're not here to talk about Alexis. So I just, I think I've called Zerxi the the next Vlahovic. Um, that's what I've called him because I think he could be the next big thing, um, and getting him. From an Italian club before he goes to a Juventus or Napoli, which is like probably the next thing when you're playing for Bologna. It's like those are two of the clubs, particularly that well-known strikers in Italy go to. Um, I, I think that would, wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, you know, what you said, he's happy to run at players. I saw, I noticed in the videos, he loves a nutmeg. He did so many nutmegs. So I don't know if you've seen it, so many. He has that kind of quick turning, um, turning ability in tight situations and he definitely looks, as you said, like that different kind of profile in regards to size and stature, especially compared to like Eddie and, and Jesus. So definitely what I think Arsenal fans want. And he has an incredible directness in how he drives forward. I don't know if you saw that in the videos. Like he loves to run and loves to be direct, which I just think is something that we're missing. Jesus showed signs of it last year, but he hasn't showed any signs of it, in my opinion, since his injury. Um, so we're missing that. But again, it comes down to a bit of style of play. He definitely also, you know, that physicality, that height, that directness and the speed that he has reminds me of Haaland. The only thing I didn't see in any of the clips was aerial abilities. Um, and so that was the thing I was like, again, I'd like to like to know his stats for, for headed goals. But I think he's not my top runner, but I'd like him... Oh, I'd be happy to take him. Definitely a gamble at the right place. I would, I, I, I'd definitely put some money down on him. Um, he's not my top runner. Okay, there was, there was a, from the stats as well. One thing that this surprised me. You kind of semi mentioned it. Not scoring a great deal, but also is it works hard for the team. 
and he has an incredible playmaking ability as well. Like he, he's getting involved in passes, progressive passes, progressive carrying, something that for the moment, us breaking the lines is, is something we've we've not been great at. We're, we're missing a passer. I know in a future pod, we're going to talk about midfielders, but Arteta does like players that can play for the team. And, you know, statistically yeah. speaking, a lot of the attributes that Xerxes possesses is what Arteta would look for in a striker. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, I've I've shown my hand on uh, on Osimhen then. So, let, show your hand, Jace. Who's your front runner? Solanke. I don't even have a thing on Solanke. I was going to do it. But I didn't do it. I know I did, but I didn't make it because <laughs> I just thought that the links weren't 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 enough. But let me so let me get rid of that and then uh, well, you can talk me through Solanke. So, look, the first thing I saw in the videos I watched of him, and again, like, I see Bournemouth in the highlights, but you don't necessarily pay that much, like, attention to detail. But there were several things that really in he impressed me with. First thing, the pace and the way he runs. It reminds me of Thierry. I can't compare him, like, direct, direct for Thierry Henry, right? I'm not going to do that. But it was a lovely sign and indicator that all Arsenal fans look for. Um, he has a great ability to run onto through balls exceptionally well. A poacher in a box in front of goal, a game like, you know, we expect that from a striker. But the thing for me that he had that a lot of other players that I was watching videos of didn't have, aerial ability. There was a couple of headers in the 3-2 win for Bournemouth against Forest. I don't know if you saw that earlier this season. Um, if you if you haven't watched those headers, go back and watch them. They are exceptionally good headers, exceptionally good. I I, I was drooling watching those. Um, he definitely you know knows where the goal is. He has great interplay. You could see how he'd work with Odegaard too. Age twenty six, perfect age, coming into his prime. He has the profile and experience to play in England as well. Um, so there's less time for him to adapt. I think, in my opinion, he is at that development stage where he's about to take his next level into his prime years. And I think we'd be getting him at the right time in his career. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've made loads of notes on this guy. Like, ability to stand tall and hold the ball up, backs to the defender. Uh, I, I I just think he's, he's, he's also not going to be as expensive, I don't think, as Tony. Well, that was uh, the question I was going to ask. You just think that it's it, the you know there's not a lot to split them. I suppose is what you're saying, and maybe there is a bit of recency bias in there. Like you're, you've seen Solanke a lot more than than you've seen Ivan Tony. But if you're getting him for thirty to forty million, age as well, right? So yeah, was it a year difference between the two of them? Two maybe years. Two, two years yeah, difference two years. between the two. That's that's competing for four Premier Leagues, opposed to maybe two or three Premier Leagues. Yeah. I mean, I, I just a quick look at the statistics because I didn't do enough research on Solanke. But statistically speaking, yeah, he's got a really good eye for goal. Yeah, he's got a really good uh, involvement in the game in terms of kind of dribbling and successful kind of take-ons of players. Obviously, he scores quite a bit in a Bournemouth side that isn't super creative as well. And so you would assume that putting him into a system where there is more chances, he'd score more goals. I will, I will say this, uh, Jace. Does he take us to the next level? My answer yes. is no. Mm. Let me just let I me put it into context. So we we talked about any strikers. That well, takes the next level. No, I, I suppose. Well, it's, you know, I think with Ivan Tony and Dominic Solanke, you kind of know a bit more of what you're getting. Yeah. With the other, three, like I said, mystery box all over again. You, you kind of, you know, you haven't, you don't know what you're getting, and so you could and you could not. I don't think, knowing what we know about both of the two players that are playing in the Premier League right now, that they take us. We talked about incremental gains in previous pods about David Raya versus, and they're not there. Do either of these two really elevate us beyond Gabby Jesus when he's at his best? I'm not. I don't know the answer to that. What I, what I. What I do know is that Declan Rice took us to another level. And we knew about him. And he cost 105 million. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, then, then go for Tony, then, if that's the case. Mm. And spend the money. 
I yeah, I I mean, admittedly, I think out of all of them, I think Tony is the is the most likely. Age doesn't make a difference, no. So I, I I did put a lot of thought into this when I was doing the the the, the kind of scout reports, and you're right because. But then I'm just looking at Solanke now. So I think you said two years, but I, I'm sure it says Solanke here is 26. Yeah, he's 26. Yeah. Um, and Tony's 27. Soon to be 20. There might be, it, it might be, <laughs> I'm going to hark back to an old Arsenal Twitter of he's 28 before he's 29. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I see where you're going with this. But if that was the case, I think Arteta's profile is certainly much more. It's either 22, 23. And they're going to move into their prime or they're 27, 28 and they're beyond it. They're, we don't really, from what I can tell, we don't sign a lot of the players in that, like, or at least starters. You look at Trossard, I, th- I don't know how old, I think Trossard is probably 28, I would guess. He's going to research live on now. air. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say he is 29. Um, so, like I said, I kind of envisage them that he doesn't think of them as starters. No. But I don't know. Maybe if you know, like say with Ivan Tony, because you know he's prem proven, scores a heap of goals. I'm going to get him for three years in a similar vein to like Robin Van Persie when he went to Man United. He was in his twilight years, but you know he's going to bang. You, you know he's going to bang. I wouldn't necessarily say that Ivan Tony is, is Robin Van Persie because Robin Van Persie to me was one of, if not one of the, the, the best strikers that we've ever had. He was incredible, but he just was at the wrong time. I don't know, but I, I see where you're yeah. going with your with your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I, was, uh, I think it will be Tony too is the answer. But I I, I wouldn't. I'm happy with Solanke, but I uh, and that's why I, I I said he's kind of where I would put. I'm ha- I I think Solanke is the the strongest candidate by age and and and, and profile and value for money. However, if Tony we pay top dollar for Tony and then he bangs those are goals you're not going to see me complaining well it's like it's like Beckham Rice all over again isn't it and no one no one is splitting hairs over the fee at this point in time because of what yeah. he does on the pitch and and hopefully what you don't want to do is off him and see that hundred sank into him and then him not bang because then then questions are going to get asked and think people are going to be stressed yeah and and the other thing really is out of all these players which one are you confident is going to be able to hold up Virgil van Dijk I mean, to be honest, this is what I, I did have a note to say that I think Ivan Tony, I think, is probably one of the only players that I've seen occupy both uh, Gabriel and Saliba. Yeah, I think that I, game I, last season. Yeah, it was last season. I think he's the only player I've really seen do it. Even Haaland in against Saliba when we played uh, when we played City wasn't that it. I think we just saw. I mean, yes, Salah roasted Zinchenko, but I don't think Salah gave much trouble to either of Gabriel or Saliba. So yeah, um, on that point. He's yeah. he's he is gold dust. He he was he he remember that game of the Emirates. We were there when we and we were very impressed to that point. I think I was like signing now. <laughs> he was good. Yeah, maybe we, well well if we had it, we would have been eating our words at this point in time, Jess, because he wouldn't have played a minute of football. True that. True that. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, that is it then. Unless you've got any other business that you want to go through in the parking lot, Jace. Nothing in the parking lot. I mean, I think we're going to be we're back. Crystal Palace away or is it home next week? Uh, home. Crystal Palace at home. home on Saturday. Saturday early lunchtime kickoff. What are you expecting in regards to the team based on African Cup of Nations, Asia Cup injuries? What are you expecting to see? Uh, I think Zinchenko comes back into the side. Um, at left back, I know he had one game out. Kiwio didn't shower himself with anything great in the game against Fulham. Uh, I would be, I don't think Party is going to start. Um, but man, I am salivating at the idea of a Party Rice Erdegaard trio that, from every pod I've ever listened to and read, they've never played together or started together. They might have come on they together as started. a substitute. Yeah, yeah, they so, definitely played together, which I thought was incredible. You know, in preseason, Jace, we talked about like this in loads of pods. That was your preferred three, even with Havertz yeah. signing. I think that was the one that you 
um, you'd want it. So that's I'm not too sure on that one. I still feel that Havertz and his Palace right at home, this should be a game that we should, com- he says, uh, comfortably win. Don't say that, mate. Don't say that. I've said it now. It's out in the open, Jace. Um And Jesus is back in full fitness. One machine, he'll go back as the uh, number nine as well. You, you think anything different? No, I think that's probably what Mikel will go with. Uh, but I would echo what you said, which is I'd love to see the party Rice and Odegaard trio with Havertz in the nine, because I still mm. think that that's got options. I think that would be tasty. A big, big central core then. You're talking a tall central core all the way through the squad. Um, I think that would do something different. I think, as I said uh, previous pod, we are building a physical tall team now who's technically good. And that's yeah. why Tony I would mean, be a good addition as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, looking through all of these players and just to let the viewers know, hopefully in the midweek we'll come back with uh, a midfield uh, window watch as well. So we've got a short list of players to go into that potential number six role, which is likely to replace Thomas Party, I would imagine. But across that list and this list, one one attribute that stands tall, no pun intended, uh, was the height. Um, yeah, a lot of physically imposing, tall, dominant players. That is fits Arteta's down to a T. There was a, there was a lot of outcry when we were looking at Onana, and we're going to look at Onana in the pod next week, Jace. About we don't need two physically dominant midfielders, but we've had it in the past. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. One hundred percent, we do. Like you don't want to be in a City situation where you lose a Declan or you lose one of, or, or we lose Party again. And you have, you know, you know uh, yeah. City losing Rodri and who they're playing. They have to fill their creative midfielders in the midfield and really with no defensive presence. Or you've got John Stone stepping in. That's part in, of the reason yeah. why, we, why we did well against them. They had, I think it was Bernardo Silva that played as the pivot. Yeah, yeah, have a great game. That game. It's yeah. part of the reason why I think we did well against them. Yeah. Right. Parking lot over, episode over. Thank you very much uh, for joining us on this episode of the Rip Run Reds podcast where we did the window watch, looking at our shortlist of strikers. Uh, Jace, if you listen to it on your podcast provider of choice, what do we encourage our listeners to do? Uh, if you could give us a five-star rating, that would be lovely. Uh, reviews appreciated. We'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to know how to improve also, but five stars if you wouldn't mind. Lovely stuff. And, and on YouTube, YouTube. Ref- yeah, I think we should, uh, uh, well, I've already encouraged you to like and subscribe, but if you haven't already done it, do it again, because it really does seriously help out the channel in building this community of rip-roaring redders, if that's what you want to call them. Uh, I don't even have a name for that yet, but I'm sure we'll figure out in the future. Um, like I said, join us in the week. We'll be talking about midfielders, and then join us again at the weekend. We'll, we'll hopefully be talking about Arsenal's victory over Crystal Palace. Nice one, guys. Right. Nice one, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Come on, you!